Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. If you want interesting and entertaining debate on the Premier League and other English leagues, but from a show that doesn't take itself too seriously, then check out The Whistleblowers. It's a weekly football podcast hosted by me. I used to play football, Martin Gritton, uh, stand-up Mark Smith when he can, and music manager Gareth Dobson, who uh, always has plenty of good chat, being a Spurs fan. Um, we basically get football writers in to have a chat as well and we talk about the stories that matter in English football whether it's on the pitch or off it it's free to listen to iTunes, Acast Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts uh, or you can download the Whistleblowers app and follow us on Twitter at Football Podcast Cheers Welcome to the Man City Show Nigel Rothman back in the chair and um, we've got four games to talk about two played last week and two to play this week well, that's plenty to discuss with my three guests. A very warm welcome, in no particular order, to uh, Sarah Messenger. Hi, Sarah. Hello, Nigel. Nice to have you along, as always. Uh, welcome back also to Joe Doherty. Hi, Joe. Hi, Hi Nigel. And also, welcome to David Blakeney. Hi, David. Hi, Nigel. Listen, firstly, can we start in Europe, actually, and look... Um, and talk about uh, the two European games. Uh, last Tuesday, away at Marseille, a very convincing 3-0 victory for City. Little ambition, I suppose, from the home side, you could say, but a thoroughly professional display. Um, so, Sarah, your, your thoughts and reflections on, on that excellent win uh, away at Marseille? Um, well, it was, it was almost like we got our City back, wasn't it, for a, for a while? It felt like we were... Um, you know, the, the sort of play that we've got used to, the control of games, the attacking threat was there in a way that we've seen less of in the Premier League than we would um, normally expect to. So I just thought it was a really kind of professional European performance um, that, that for me just shows we have really grown up in the Champions League. And I mean, look, you know, we've been through enough turmoil um, in the latter stages of the competition to not get carried away. But I do feel like we belong on that stage and we feel like we belong. And I thought that performance was, was indicative of that. Joe, a, a professional performance. We've grown up, according to the great Sarah Messenger. Praise indeed. 
I totally agree with you, Sarah. I thought that was an excellent performance. Um, <clears throat> I thought, like you say, we, we controlled the game for long periods. We perhaps could have been a bit more clinical in the first half, although I suppose if you're playing without a natural striker, that, that can always happen. Um, but we controlled the game well. We did, Marseille didn't pose any sort of threat, and I'm not sure if that was more to do with us defending well or them not offering much going forward. But we, we, we never really let them do anything do anything to us and in the end it was quite a comfortable win um i was very impressed with how like like sarah was saying how professionally we approached the game david what, what pleased yeah. you most about the performance david i just think probably the same as the others it just it was a good professional performance and we just seemed to step up our gears a little bit and i think we did it was one of those games when we not only did we do a good job but we kept it going as well. And you felt comfortable that actually we could have gone on to score more as well. So I think, I think it just seems really good. The best performance of the season, in my opinion. A um, couple of highlights for me. Um, Ferran, Ferran Torres um, on a bit of a decent scoring run at the moment. Good to see on the score sheet. Seems to have settled in well, would you say, Sarah? Are you pleased with what you've seen of him? He's going to be our new little hero, isn't he? I think he's uh, the loving has started. I, I mean, he played really well in that game, and I, I know others have, have mentioned this sort of uh, over the weekend. But it's his movement that is really impressive for somebody who's not a natural striker. Um, and I know we'll talk about other games as well in a minute. But his movement, I think, is really good and the sign of, of kind of how good a player he is. I, I doubt that that's all been coached into him in the month or so, two months or so that he's been training with City. Um, good finish. Um, there's a couple of good finishes we've seen from him in uh, in the games he's played so far. And he looks right at home. I don't think there'll be any apprehension if we see Torres's name on the uh, on the team sheet. In fact, there's probably one or two players we might prefer to see Torres's name over um, at the moment. So yeah, I'm really happy with him. Who are you, who are you talking about, Sarah? I don't like these riddles <laughs> at all. Come on, who are you talking about? Well, you you know that we don't. We never. You never like to um, to have a go at a blue, and we should always get behind the team. And that's right. But then there's no point in doing these sorts but, of podcasts but, if we're not if we're not honest but. about concerns we have. Mr. Mares is playing appallingly at the moment. Uh, I know there's rumours in the press about the, some of the team having a go at him for not passing. I can tell you I've had a go at him for not passing. The language has been blue on occasions in this house. So um, I, I he's. He's just not offering what a player of his calibre ought to offer. And I don't think, if I'm really honest, I don't think City fans have ever really fallen in love with Mares. I think he's had some really good games for us. He's scored some important goals. Um, and he is clearly a quality player. But he hasn't got enough in the bank to get away with a run of poor form, which is what I think we're seeing from him at the moment. Joe, do you want to put the argument for Mares, or do you, or do you sit firmly in the Sarah's, Sarah camp on this one? Uh, I will generally argue in favour of Mares, to be honest. I think he has been quite poor this season, and he's been, um, you know, I think he's, at times he doesn't show a great awareness of the rest of the team that you really need to have in a Guardiola side. But I think um, overall, I've been very impressed with Mares' this time at City. I think he scored some very important goals, um, particularly. People forget, actually, two seasons ago, he got a lot of winners in 1-0 games. Um, no, I think, I think Mahrez is just a bit of a poor patch of form and, and hopefully we'll see him back to his best. And I am hoping that if, if we're going to play Torres in the middle, 
in the absence of a recognised striker. Mahrez's um, statistics might start to look better because Torres in the middle has a certain movement and intelligence about him that Sterling, as good as he is, does not have playing as a centre-forward. So I'm hoping with a bit more of a, you know, a target, Mahrez's form might improve as well. David, what's your view? Because as it's already been said, both Sergio Aguero and Gabriel Jesus are injured. They're both kind of on their way back. And it's interesting what Pep said at the press conference, which I guess we'll come on to when we talk about upcoming games. But but he, he is limited, isn't he, with, it, with his options. If he's going to play with a false nine, whether that's Sterling or Ferran, Ferran Torres, and it looks yeah. like Torres has got the, the, the spot at the moment. He is, he is reasonably limited, and, and Mahrez, as Sarah rightly says, has kind of disappointed, hasn't he, really, this season so far? Well, I think there's two things. First of all, I think Mahrez is a real disappointment. He is a one-trick pony at the moment. He's so predictable and so frustrating to watch. He just doesn't let the ball go ever. And if he does, it's at the, at the wrong time, the right place. And honestly, I think you want, to, you want to chuck something at the TV when you're watching him at the moment. It's that frustrating. I wonder what he'd be like if he played him on the left. Because they need to get him off that right. And let's uh, see if we can move it around a bit. But at the moment, it's not working. And, and it's, you can't keep wasting so many chances and wasting so many poor passes into the middle. So that's one. On a striker and lack of strikers, and so on, last year we knew we had a problem at the back. We needed a, we needed a second off. At the, at the end of the season, a few of us on, on, on this podcast, is it not glaringly obvious that we need another striker? Because we know one's going to be injured most of the season, and that's going to, that's going to happen. I don't understand... Why we're not... You look at all the others at the moment. Every other team has got two very strong forwards who are fit and, and, and a bit in the tank after. And watching us, we've got nothing. So it's but, not but, really but, a coincidence. But, but, but David, Pep, Pep would argue, I guess, um, it's always difficult, you know, we, we don't want to spend maybe some of the money that people are asking at the moment. But he's got options. We know that Sterling has had success as playing as a false, false nine. We've talked about Torres... Uh, even Fernandinho has been has, has played up there in the past as well. So it's not as if we're short of options up there, is it? And and, and Foden is great when he plays further forward. So so we've got options and we've got players from midfield well, who score goals as well. You know, well, we have the options because the, the problem is we have someone like KDB who who creates twice or three times the amount of chances that anyone else creates in the Premier League. And we just can't get on the end of it. I mean, the, the record speaks for itself this year. And I've watched Son and Kane this year. And you watch even Rashford, uh, um, you know, and um, and the rest of the, the strikers in like even for Liverpool. I mean, every team at the moment has got really strong clinical strikers when I just don't think we've got, we've got players who can contribute, but none of them are clinical. And that's where the problem comes. Because we're, we're playing against a brick wall every week now. I feel like we've got about uh, 10 men and everyone else got about 13. There's that many men at the back. It, it is an issue, isn't it, Sarah? I mean, we, we've seen it increasingly, haven't we, where people line up with certainly at least five across the back, certainly five, a minimum of five across the back. And, and whoever you've got on your side, that's always going to be difficult, isn't it, to break sides down when you've got that sort of situation facing you. It is, but we, we, we do miss too many chances, and I think David's just hit the nail on the head. For me, we have 
one clinical striker, which is Aguero. I, I, I really like Jesus, as you know, I've said that before on this programme, so I'm not having to dig at him. But Jesus and Sterling are not world-class clinical. They score enough goals, but they ought to with the chances that get put on a plate for them. But I think we've only got one who I'd bet my house on every time. And I think if you look at all the other top teams, they've all got at least two. And it does puzzle me why if somebody like Jota is available and Liverpool bought him, all right, for a reasonable fee, but a young player um, who can then replace, if they lose Salah or Sane, I I suspect most Liverpool fans won't be alarmed if Jota's in the team. I don't understand why there wasn't a striker around that we could have gone for at a a sensible price. Joe, your thoughts on on the third striker, finally, before we move on, just summarise this for us. It's a a mistake. Can can I just say one other thing before you answer, just to ask us, thinking about Sarah's response, that... We, we always look at Aguero and, and, and say, you know, we've got, we, we want some of his quality. I don't think there's anybody in the Premier League of his quality. We're not going to get another Aguero. We've got, we've got a Jesus. Okay, he's injured at the moment, but his his goals to minute ratio is not that bad, is it? Surely he's not. He's not a bad alternative to have. I don't have any problem with the strikers we've got. I just don't think we have enough of them. I mean, a few year, few years ago, we had four world class strikers uh, when Mancini was there. Um, I don't think we need to go out and spend have four strikers who are all forty million each. But there really is I, I really don't see the harm in us having in the summer identified that we had two strikers, one of whom's both, you know, aging and injury prone. Why we didn't think there's no harm in just getting someone in who can come off the bench, put a few goals in. You know, the amount of chances we'll create, as long as you're competent at finishing and you've got a bit of a a bit of a brain in terms of movement. You'll get goals for Man City. You know, I, I just don't understand why we didn't do that. When really, saying Sterling is a third-choice striker for me is, is unbelievably frustrating because whilst his goals return has always been pretty good for us, to be a good striker, you need to score a variety of goals. And Sterling, if he has to think for more than three seconds, will not get goals for us. And as a centre-forward, you need to be able to score goals like that, and he just doesn't. So, like I say, Torres has impressed me in these last couple of games playing through the middle. I think he can do a job, but is doing a job enough that if we're going to go and, you know, to win the title and compete on four fronts again, for me, I think we missed a trick by not signing a striker. Didn't have to be another Aguero or Jesus, just someone else to play if you know, if we're if we're low on options. All right, I, I'm I'm slightly frustrated. We, we we started talking about a professional performance, uh, clean sheet. You know, away at Marseille. Okay, as we said, they, they showed very little ambition uh, as the home side. But that having been said, it was a really really good performance. It felt like the old city, and we're now slagging off our strike force. So so let's before we move on to Olympiacos on Tuesday this week, uh, I'd like a bit more positivity than finally in the, in the game at, at Marseille please so you've all got to come up with something you haven't already said that is positive about this excellent performance uh, in the Champions League this is not you know League Division 3 this is the Champions League ladies and gents so let's, let's have positive comments from each of you before we move on to the Libyakos game um, Sarah kick us off please what, what, two, what words. Two, two words two yeah. words Diaz Laporte Diaz Laporte there you go you. that's nice Thank and positive you. Very positive. I agree. Absolutely stonking, and, and we look forward to that partnership. Thank you, Joe. Gundawan, much better performance in that game. 
capped it off with a goal. And I just think, apart from De Bruyne, is there anyone in the team who's better at just keeping the ball? Good. David, finally, something positive. Come on. Movement forwards, forwards being the operative word, and pace. Thank you. Good. Let's talk about Olympiacos then. Uh, Tuesday night. He's got this dilemma, hasn't he, of course, Sarah, in terms of how strong does he go? We've got Liverpool at the weekend, as we know. Um, Does he just go full strength because we've not qualified yet? Let's get that that wonderful word we always talk about, momentum. Lots of argument in in the press and on social media. Let's go full strength. Would you agree with that? Or do you think, would you like to see a bit of road? And, and keep some of the players fresh for the weekend. How do you see it? Well, I think there'll be an element of rotation. I think Foden will start. Um, he didn't start at the weekend. But, I mean, he's, Pep's already said, hasn't he, that you, you, know, you can't take the Champions League group games for granted. Um, it's important to get to that sort of 12-point level as quickly as you can so you can then perhaps play um, you know academy players or a lesser team in the final two group games um, mm. I think he'll go pretty strong I mean I, I suppose there's an interesting question about whether De Bruyne plays the whole game I don't think he will I suspect Pep will hope we get 2-3-0 up and he'll take two or three of the players off ready for Sunday but there's also the point as well about how um, they're all still striving for their rhythm and full fitness so I'm not sure it does anyone any favours to miss a game I just think that there'll be uh, a fairness If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct okay, so start, um, something uh, that's less Mr Coden Bean again, seems, a more uh, Steve a, McQueen a and, and then Two or three up, and then mix it about a bit and, Check and rotate it. Check out the range of bikes from like London-based Cool King. From yeah, dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts um, that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings so are made in limited numbers, really yet highly game, affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike. Or find them on Instagram like with hashtag CoolerKingBike. I, I, I Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Defense. I think we'd be good enough to get a result with that. Um, and yeah, Foden, I think, um, I would start him, but I wouldn't play him the whole game because his energy, I think, I think his energy could be crucial in the game at the weekend against Liverpool. So I'd definitely keep him relatively fresh for that. And you've all slagged off Mares, so you presume you want him dropped as well, I guess, do you? Because he's useless, according to you lot. Is that right? Is that fair? I defended Mares. <laughs> yeah, a bit, not much. Uh, David, where, where, where are you on this, David? Well, I think everyone said exactly what I was going to say, so I totally agree. And by the way, let's have Mares nowhere near Sunday and any penalties. But anyway. <laughs> against Liverpool. No, I, I think I think the KDB thing, personally, maybe I think he should be on the bench and only come on if we need him. Because what we can't afford is any injuries to him before Liverpool. Because you look at the table and a win on, against Liverpool is so important that I think we can afford to rest him a little bit. Not everything else, what everyone else has said, I totally agree with. So, okay. uh, I did. I did hear David that Gabriel Jesus is, is back in training, and and there is a 
an outside chance he, he might start him. Or, do, you, do you think that's going to happen? Or if he is fit, well, I hope so. I mean, I mean, funny enough, he's very good in Europe. He always seems to play well in Europe, doesn't he? Mm. Well, that's so what I'm asking. I'd, 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 I'd love, yeah, if he's fit, I'd love him. I didn't realise he'd be fit for that game, but he needs some time in as well before the Liverpool game. So if he can play that game, some of that game, get some match fitness, and then get on at some point against Liverpool, I think that would be really good. I do think Foden's quite key for next Sunday, funnily enough, as well. Sure. Game. Before, before we look forward to uh, another victory in the Premier League against Sheffield United and, and, and then the Liverpool game on Sunday, uh, and before we take a break, David, you, you, the reason I'm coming to you on this, and others may want to chip in, but you were the only person like myself to see this player play live. And, and we lost another 1966 hero, although he played for the team from just outside Manchester, I think it's probably only right just to spend a few minutes reflecting on the great Nobby Styles and, and your memories of him. You will have seen him live. You will remember him, of course, uh, both in the 66 Cup final and, and playing for Stretford for so many seasons. Uh, and of um, course, very sadly, sadly the, the great Bobby Charlton also, interestingly, and I don't often talk about Stretford, as you know, but I think it's, it's, it's only right and proper that we should pay our respects to, to Nobby Styles and send our deepest condolences to his family and his friends and his loved ones. Um, and also send our thoughts with, with Bobby Charlton as well, a great ambassador for the game and, and joking apart, a truly fantastic footballer. Um, just your thoughts, David, on, on, on Nobby Styles and Sir Bobby Charlton. Any, any thoughts? Well, it, if I'm honest, I don't actually, believe it or not, remember Nobby Styles. I don't remember that. I'm slightly a few couple of years out there, so I don't really remember them playing that much. I probably remember more late 60s and sort of 66. And when, but Nobby Styles, obviously, when you hear all about him, I, I think he just sounds one of those really strong, tough players who was a real character. And it, yeah. it's those people who are the characters who, who are amazing. For, I mean, apparently he was tough as nails and, and just yeah. didn't care. He just went and got stuck in. And the fact... And everyone... But the thing is, I remember more his celebrations in the 66 Cup final um, <laughs> than I actually remember him playing, if I'm honest. That's him bouncing around the pitch. So, um, but Bobby Charlton, obviously, to be fair, I completely and utterly... Um, he, he was unbelievable in his day. And, um, you know, I think it's very sad. But he, he's when you think what he's been through, and perhaps he was obviously in the crash, in the Munich crash, and... He he's he managed to survive until now with dementia. I think he's done really well to keep himself fit when you think of how many other England sort of World Cup heroes have passed away now. Yeah. And the fact he's led a really very, very well respected life since then, since his football career, being a director at United, he's very close to everyone there and amazing really what he's done. So you have to take your hat off to him. Sure. I mean, Sarah and Charles come to you. I know you didn't see them live, but obviously they're they're clearly famous footballing names. I don't know whether either of you got any any thoughts or reflections on either Bobby Styles or Sir Bobby Charlton. Sarah, to, to you first, anything? Well, I, I I didn't see them play, but I, I suppose it's just the uh, something. I mean, I know we 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 have a range of language we use to describe the team in, that plays in red outside of Manchester, but um, there are moments I think where the fact that we're all Mancunians of one kind or another kind of matters. I think we've seen that a little bit with the support that City fans are showing to the work Marcus Rashford's doing. And I think 
Bobby Charlton is, I know he's not a Mancunian by birth, but I think what he did for the city of Manchester and, um, and, and for football generally is, is always worthy of, of, you know, our respect, whether we're city fans or United fans or any other fans. So just a sad day that people who contributed so much to the game are no longer going to be with us. Absolutely. Thanks for that, Sarah. Joe, Joe, before we take a break, any final reflections from you? Well, I think I think, every, I think um, Sarah and uh, David have summed up very well. Both, obviously, long before my time, but, um, you know, people who my parents grew up watching, you know, great players for England in probably, our, in well, definitely our best years as a footballing nation and, and both class acts by all accounts. So it's obviously very sad news um, for, for both them and their families. Um, I think I think it's just it's great that as a fan base we've been showing respect to the pair of them throughout. Absolutely, well, listen. As I say, our, our love and best wishes go go to Sir Bobby Charlton and, and uh, our condolences to the to the family and friends of Bobby Styles. On, on that sad note, um, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about the game against Sheffield United and look forward to Liverpool on Sunday. We'll be straight back straight after this. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back. Uh, listen, before we talk about uh, our upcoming fixtures, I think it would be remiss of us not to congratulate Man City women who had yet another FA Cup victory at Wembley, uh, a rather odd-looking empty Wembley stadium against Everton after extra time. Uh, really good performance and great for Gareth Taylor and the girls to uh, to come away with some more silverware. Um, really good performance. Um, I watched it, obviously, and I'm sure many City fans will have done live on BBC One, which is great. Um, Sarah, you, you're, start with you. Your, your thoughts and reflections. I guess you watched the game as well. I did. Um, it was a good game, I thought. Um, some, some good saves from the Everton keeper, good save from Ellie Roebuck. Um, and it was a bit touch and go until, I think, in the end, our class showed and, and two nice goals at the end. Um, and actually all the goals, well, certainly City's goals, I thought were good goals. And, and I'm just pleased. I'm pleased for this, the, the, the women's team. I'm pleased for Gareth Taylor. Uh, I'm pleased that we've maintained our um, utter domination of the Etihad of the South. Um, and I'm really pleased that one and a half million people watched it on the BBC yesterday. And, you know, the women's game will never be the same as the men's game. The, the, the physicality of it will never be the same. But I, I think that match showed us that women are capable of playing good football, scoring good goals and providing entertainment. And, um, you know, the fact that it was City that won it just makes it all the sweeter. So a lovely day, I thought. 
It's so interesting you say that because I think people understand you know, women's athletics isn't the same as men's athletics. And certainly women's mm. tennis is not the same as men's tennis. They're, they're different games. And I think it's interesting people are saying that less. They, I noticed two things, and I've been watching women's football for a while. I mean, any football I'll watch. And there is no question that the standard has improved enormously in a very short space of time. And that, the thing I noticed particularly was the physicality of it. It has become much more physical. Um, I, I don't know whether that's my imagination. I think when I first used to watch it, it was a lot less physical. But it's, you know, yes, of course, it's a different game. But, but I think it's, and I think it's better for it. I think it's become more competitive and I think more physical. And I thought there was, as Sarah said, the standard of some of the goals and the standard of the goalkeeping was absolutely phenomenal, brilliant from the Everton keeper. And people talk about her now, got to be England's number one. So, so a really good, entertaining game of football, Joe. I don't know whether you saw it as well. I didn't actually, unfortunately. I wasn't able to watch it, but um, I was following the game on Twitter and it sounded like a very good professional back-to-the-walls performance. Obviously, Everton managed to take it to extra time, but City's quality showed through in the end. I'm just really proud to see that the club has put just as much effort and resources into the women's team as they have the men's. And obviously, when you're making your club such a huge global brand as City's owners want to, it's quite clear they get huge pleasure from seeing the women's team do well. And as Sarah says, it's always a pleasure to see us dominating at the Etihad of the South. Brilliant. David, can you um, kick us off then uh, talking about Sheffield United? Um, Another Premier League victory, another clean sheet, another Diaz and Laporte, who've already been mentioned, and... A goal for Kyle Walker that he did not celebrate for all the yeah. reasons we would understand. So, so you're, you're, just give us a, your, your thoughts cool. on, on, on another good performance against well, a very staunch defence. Five across the back again, as we've discussed before. Well, first of all, a great result. Second of all, I think at the back, so much better. Commanding, we can head the ball. We've got a couple, bit of height there. Kyle Walker's exceptional at the moment. Uh, and that is really good news, but that's about it. It was one of the most dire, frustrating performances up front that we've I've seen for a long time. I found it just so slow. And this is what I said before. We Everything we do, we look like we've got three players left, and we, we just are just playing the ball to each other, and we're not doing anything. We're, we're not moving with pace, we're, and we're not stretching them anymore. And we're just running into these brick walls at the moment. And I don't know what's going on, but it, it, it was pretty dire, I'm afraid. But I was delighted with the, <laughs> the defence. So there's a positive side. Um, Joe, Joe, it wasn't, Sarah, I should say, well, it wasn't, wasn't that dire, was it? I mean, they, you know, they came to defend, they did it, they had a job to do. Uh, and it's never easy in, in any situation to, to, to break down a defence like that. We won the game, we kept a clean sheet, we were never in danger of losing the game, we completely dominated. It's not as bad as David's making out, is it, Sarah? Um, well, it, it, I've got some degree of sympathy with what David said. I mean, look, the bottom line is at this stage of the season, you just want the three, especially with the the fact that we're a game behind and Liverpool have made a reasonable start and so on. So, uh, you know, no, nobody's going to complain about getting the three points, um, especially after what happened at West Ham. Um, and the defence definitely was a positive. But I think David's absolutely right. We're playing too slowly, um, and we just don't look—we don't look frightening in the way that we have done in previous seasons. Now there could be a whole range of reasons for that, including people who are not 
um, who are not who are injured at the moment. I do think there's an element of City being found out as well. I, I think you know you develop a way of playing. Um, it worked brilliantly for two seasons, and then. Um, teams, I think, have got better at setting up against us. And the, the final comment I'd make is just that, actually, there's not really many bad teams left in the Premier League. Um, mm. Even the teams that are mid-table and just below mid-table have got some decent players. So, I, I, the, at this stage, I, I'm not unduly worried about the performance because I think the three points is really what matters. But... I think we want to see much more of a performance like we saw against Marseille than we want to see another Sheffield United starting with Liverpool on Sunday. Joe, your thoughts? Well, I think um, Liverpool on Sunday will be a very different test purely because, um, like Sarah was saying, teams sort of have worked us out a bit and they, they now have set up against us. And the way Sheffield United set up against us with the back five and a very flat back five at that, not with wing backs or anything, it did do a very good job of nullifying us. And we did, as David was saying, look quite outnumbered going forward. I don't think we were too bad going forward. I thought Sterling did look a lot better on the wing. And I, 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 like I said earlier, I do like Torres' movement in the middle. But it's become a bit of a strange one the last couple of games. I found myself being much more frustrated going forward and much more content and at ease with how we've been defending. Um, I think that there is an element of teams somewhat working us out. But playing against a very defensive structure whose sole goal is to frustrate us and not let us play our game is nothing new. It's been happening to us for about, I'd I'd almost argue, teams have been setting up like that for nearly 10 years against us now. So it's quite frustrating when when we're just looking so lethargic and not able to break them down. But, um... We've got to also remember, not every team is going to set up like that against us. I mean, I would be very, very surprised if Liverpool set up against us like that this weekend. And it might allow us, you know, to play with a bit more freedom and to get in behind a bit more, especially without their best defender. Well, well, let's talk about that then before we depart. I've got kind of one eye on the clock here. But but Sarah, let's just let's just look forward with anticipation and excitement, uh, a, a heavily depleted Liverpool who are ravaged by injuries at the back and, and, and incredible, they can even get out of bed to turn up almost not got enough players to field a side. But, but, but I'm sure they'll soldier on despite that. And, uh, and many column inches have been filled by the tragic, terrible situation at Anfield at the moment. And we, our prayers and thoughts go out to them and all their defenders to wish them a full and speedy recovery as quickly as possible. But it, it's really is, it's terrible. And I, I'm upset about the whole thing. And I'm sorry. Um, but there we are. I've said it now. But, but we wish them all well. Because this can't be easy for them, Sarah, can it? I think you speak for all of us, Nigel, with that level yeah. of of concern and it's not you know it's things some things are more important than football aren't they like, like Van Dyke's yep. knee uh, so, so yep. once we've done the minute silence for it on Sunday um, yep. hopefully yep. we can get to see a good game uh, I, 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 I just I, Liverpool are not as frightening as they were last season they have lost a couple of key players uh, well we, we, we can relate to that uh, but they're still very, very dangerous, and they're still a really good team. I think City need to uh, put on a performance that lays down to Liverpool that they are not going to run away with the league, that we are still the best team in the Premier League, and um, 
you know, I, I, that's what I want to see. I mean, I, I, you know, it's really so hard to call because inevitably you get a stupid VAR decision or a dodgy penalty and all your great, all your great thinking about the game could go out the window. But I think City fans will just want to see a really good performance. And if we get the victory as a result, certainly not lose, but get a victory, um, I think that could be a real kickstart for the rest of the season. Joe, looking forward to a kickstart? Totally agree. We, this is a game that, I don't know, I wouldn't go as far as it will make or break our season, but we do need a bit of a you know, a bit of a lift off, if you like, in the league and this is the game to do it in. I think it's 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 quite a good time to play Liverpool. Um it's the it's you know, it's the first time since I suppose if you like since City Liverpool's been a thing that I'm confident in our defence's ability to nullify them. Because in recent years, it always felt a bit like no matter how well we play against them, all it takes is Salah, Mane and Firmino to do their thing up against the, you know, not not brilliant City defence. And we could be 2-0 down after 20 minutes, as was the case at Anfield last season. Um, it's just a case of showing them that we're not scared of them. We need to lay down a marker and, and just get at that back four, get Sterling and Torres and and Foden and De Bruyne are really running at them. Because that back four, without Van Dijk in there, I, I don't, I'm not worried in our ability to get goals against them. I mean, Robertson and Trent are obviously two very good full-backs, but you can get at them. And I just I don't think any of their centre-backs are that brilliant without Van Dijk. I mean, you know, we can relate to that. We've had centre-backs who, when stood next to company, for example could play like world beaters, but if he wasn't there, they look clueless. And I, I'm hoping that's going to be the case this weekend. I hope you're right. David, your, your thoughts ahead of the, uh, the game against Liverpool at the weekend? Well, I think, firstly, let's watch the video. They need to watch the video from last season's home game. Well, we pretty much destroyed them. Let's take some lessons from that. Uh, I think we need to play very wide, start playing back to wide. And we need, I think, our creative players on form. And I think I'd like to see Bernardo play in the right position, playing him more in the middle. Uh, and I think if we play to our strengths, which we have done, then I think we've got a much better chance. And By the way, um, last season, at this point in time, our goal difference was 18. Now it's one. So I don't think anything's changed from last season. They were people were up against us. We had people really lining up their defences last year. There's a big difference there. Look at that goal difference, says it all. However, um, that's why we need to get back to the way we play best. And I don't think we've done that. Maybe Liverpool will allow us to do it. You never know. And just as an aside, I hear also that Aguero has not been ruled out for the game at Anfield either. It's likely to be after the international break, but Pep is not ruling him out for the game at the weekend. Something to look forward to. Uh, a huge pleasure. Thank you to my three guests, to Sarah Messenger, to Joe Doherty and to David Blakeney. This is Nigel Rockman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, Come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network.